0: Welcome to the Octane Athletics Feel Your Fire podcast brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri-Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to check out one of 1,000 coached workouts we have every year. That's dfwtriclub.com. Hey everybody, it's Coach Dave here. I wanted to take a minute to thank the folks at Gatorade. As you guys know, they're a sponsor of ours. I'm also lucky enough to be on the endurance team. And let's take a minute to understand a little bit more about what Gatorade Endurance Formula is. Because it's not your typical gas station or grocery store Gatorade. Gatorade Endurance is specifically formulated for us runners, triathletes, cyclists. It's a special blend that has twice the sodium and three times the potassium as the stuff that you'll find in the gas station. It's also pretty important for you guys to try out in your training because it's also on course at about 400 of the most popular events out there. Events like Boston Marathon, uh, the New York City Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, the Dallas Marathon, the Rock and Roll Series events, as well as Ironman. As of 2015, will be the hydration sponsor available on course at all of the United States uh, Ironman events, 70.3 and full distance Ironman. So you definitely wanna get your hands on this stuff. I've got athletes that I work with that also use it and, and most of them enjoy it very much. So go to the website, octane-athletics.com. There's an Amazon link in the upper right corner of the page. That'll take you to Amazon where you can get uh, your Gatorade Endurance formula. It is Prime eligible, so if you are an Amazon Prime member, that shipping for you would be free. It's also available at some of your local endurance running stores, triathlon stores. Head on into those places and see if they carry it. If they don't, see if they will carry it and give it a shot. I think it's great stuff. And again, it's on course at all those events, so it makes a lot of sense for you guys to be working with it in your training to make sure that it's something that will work with your system. So go out and try Gatorade Endurance. Episode forty five, boys.
1: Do you know what happened to me this morning? Got on the old scale.
0: What happened to it? Broke. No. One at a time. If I got on, it, it'd it break. Yeah. One ninety two point eight. That Fuck out of here! Time. Seriously? Seriously, dude. I remember when you were just a <laughs> twinkle in my eye earlier in the season, went <laughs> up the TMS, and you had to be tipping the scales at close to two forty.
1: I was. I was a solid. I looked at uh, the old uh, My Fitness Pal, and uh, I was a solid two thirty five.
0: 6 uh, months that means ago. You were
1: 245. <laughs> 6 months ago it was 245 and that old QR would just bend
2: and flex. <laughs> well, it's going to bend and flex anyway to avoid 150, but that's another story.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. 192. That's pretty
2: can... that's pretty badass. That's I mean, you know what though? That's proof of consistency. Yeah. I hang out with you enough at least once a week minimum. And you don't just have this... You're not just eating quinoa and... No, he's eating Gatorade bars. Yeah, (laughs) Gatorade bars are (laughs) the the secret food. It's superfood.
1: No, I'm telling you, dude. Those things are good, though. I have been living off those things. And they're perfect because they fill me up and... I literally, that thing tastes like... You remember
0: the old Whatchamacallit bars? Yes. It does taste like those. Dude, it, does it really? It, it I have had one ever, yet. Those are my favorite candy bars. I have some in Whatchamacallit was? was? Yeah, when I was a kid, for some reason, those were my favorite candy bars. I'm
1: telling i was you, was bars. Exactly. Me. Like I watch them my- No kidding. I'll
2: have to yeah. grab one of those. I'll give on the way you out. a couple on the way home. Yeah, but you know what? But it goes back to what we were saying though. You know, you have consistency. Well, Just- I found something that worked for me. Well, yeah, exactly. But you have consistency within your workout. Look, at the end of the day, as long as you're consistent with your workouts yeah. and relatively consistent with your eating, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna have a Saturday cheat, you're gonna have a Sunday morning. Apparently, you have uh, breakfast at Del Frisco's while the rest of us go to McDonald's <laughs> in the Old West Cafe. But Black Card Randy has to go big time. I like
1: the IHOP, okay? <laughs> now I went to Del Frisco's like one time for brunch. Sunday brunch at Del Frisco's. Yeah, probably not Still something you shift. want to bring
0: up to us, too. Because we're just going to black card you. <laughs> now, it's like a soccer game in
1: here.
2: Yeah, these cards are up right now. If if, you, if we had video right now, people would look at our hands in the air. Yeah. i tell
1: you what, though. If you want to learn a little bit more about my weight loss journey, go on to octane-athletics.com. There is two posts. Articles. Articles. We call them articles. About what I like to eat and how I like to eat. And I will tell you what, I'm not a paleo guy anymore. I'm not an Atkins guy. I am not a uh, juice faster I'm just, I eat a lot of
2: processed foods, and guess what? You're not using the Garth Brooks juice diet? What? Garth Garth Brooks juice diet. There's a real Garth Brooks juice diet. You've never seen So You Married an Axe Burger? No, dude. Oh, do yourself a favor and watch that. Head, pants, head, pants. Looks like Sputnik. It's pointy. It's vertical, but quite pointy in parts. It's an orange on a toothpick. uh, Go cry. Go cry on your huge pillow. uh, Go uh, go try on one of your mom's bras. Are you done now?
0: (laughs) I feel pleasantly uncultured by the fact that I don't know what the hell you two are talking about. It's one of Mike Myers' Myers greatest moments. One of his earliest movies. I will ask this question since we're on the topic. What happened to Mike Myers? I saw him in Chicago on the street at like 1 a.m.
1: I swear to God, Mike Myers. That's where he lives, isn't it? Yeah, 2006. He was does funny. It, does he live in Chicago?
2: No, no, I think he's Toronto. Or something. Yeah, he's, he's Canadian. a Canadian.
0: Anyway, congrats, Randy. On your,
2: yes, good job, man. Proud of you. On your uh, 40 plus poundage so, of loss. So I've been inspired by Randy's journey. Yeah. And I too am on a journey to. Uh, do Vine Man seventy point three next year? It's
0: announced and it is in
2: it's episode forty five lore from this point forward. The ethos is out oh, there. Wait,
0: wait. Let me let me stand up and close the blinds because these two idiots are looking <laughs> for bright lights to stop down with. <laughs> well, I did, it did distract me for a second. But I just—it
2: was just. A blinky thing. I can't help it. Anyways, but yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm pumped about it. Uh, one of my clients is going to do it. Uh, I Andrew, love having a goal. Yeah, Andrew's going to do it. I might do Galveston as a tune up since is it's that,
1: flat. Is that April?
2: Yes, I believe so.
0: Would that be a good tune up for Texas? Too close. Too close. Yeah, oh. it's tight. Four weeks and. You're not 20 years old, so you need two weeks of recovery from it. I feel like I'm 20 years old. <laughs> well, 40 pounds, 40-pound weight loss will do that to I'm you. I'm lighter than I was in high school. feel like you're shot out of a cannon.
2: Oh, and then I want to I do a shout-out to uh, Victoria, 7th place at Arizona 70.3. 7th. Seventh. 7th seventh place. She had no swims basically for a month because she crashed her bike and tore up her shoulder. Apparently has a fractured scapula or something to that effect. Um. So she couldn't swim. Um. So her swim was 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 a little that's bit slower. That's why I haven't seen her at swim. Yeah, her swim was a little slower than it should have been because she's a little faster than that. For and sure,
0: she's a great swimmer.
2: Her bike has increased quite a bit, and then her run. It was a hot day, so her run suffered a little bit. She should have been a little bit faster, but seventh place. And we looked at it, and if she'd have run her half marathon, what she should have run it, she would have been in fourth. So that's a slot. Well, you know what? She actually she told me she had there was a slot that rolled down to her. I
0: had I, when I texted you, what did but I tell you? She
2: said it's one week away from Austria, so she wants to do Austria. She's that's her race next year, so she'll she'll qualify for Worlds next year at Austria.
0: Yeah, it's funny these races you get you see sixth or seventh and stuff and you think you're out of it and oftentimes they'll roll down there. Especially, you know, not, I mean Victoria's looks great for her age but she's in my age group. Yeah. You know, you get those roll downs from the ones above or below or what have you and you you have a shot when you're in the top 10. She killed it, man. When I saw her swim my list, I have one athlete in that in that uh in that race Bruce who also had a great day. Yes, he Bruce it, had man. a great day. But my list of Arizona 70.3 folks I was following on Iron Track it was like Ten people long because we had a lot of club members doing it.
2: Right.
1: I tell you who really gutted it out was Lordis.
2: Lordis was. A beast I was following
1: there. that, and uh, yeah.
2: well, Sujin also. Sujean was sick. She yeah. had fever and strep throat and was out there rolling it. She she uh, destroyed meds. it. Yeah. He had a crash. He's
0: going to. I, I saw that. I he had a crash sure. and still went just over five hours, but that dude's wicked fast, yeah. man. So well, his stay. run was like a 630-something. I mean, it was.
1: he was in the sixes on some of his splits.
0: Yeah. While we're doing this, part of this will be just, shout-outs and congratulations, but part of it is letting you folks under the covers of what it's like to be a coach when you have first-time Ironman on, on on race courses for the last month, which is what I've been doing. It's pretty nerve-wracking, to say the least, to the point to where I texted Mike and I said, uh, dude, I was so freak. I was more nervous maybe to have athletes on course racing than I was in any of the races I had ever done myself. That's so interesting. Dude, it was, I was really locked down with it. So I had three first-time Men this year uh, that I've been working with, and uh, one was Terry, and he did Chattanooga in, in a bit over 14 hours. He did great. Uh, And then I had Ben do Louisville.
1: Ben crushed it. And Ben had a really awesome race report. Like, usually when I try to read people's race reports, I'm like... You turn them off. (laughs) Dude, I I read the whole thing. It was a really, really good race report. His race
0: report was great. He had a great race. And he was very smart about kind of letting the day come to him. And when when he really paid attention to his body and when he started feeling bad, he made some changes and helped himself out. And then... My last one was Sam Mendenhall went eleven forty nine at maryland last uh last weekend last Saturday. It was cold there did they shorten the swim? Yeah, they made it three thousand because of uh small craft advisory that morning, twenty to thirty mile an hour gust <laughs> great white sharks and I don't know if you got well there's another. Have you guys seen uh Escape from Alcatraz? Yes. Yeah. You seen what's been swimming around out there?
2: But they've always had sharks.
0: sharks yeah, they out always there. Do, but not like that. Not like this. It's
2: been but they still they still have sharks. Out
0: anyway, there. let me finish my I'm sorry. My point is that but that was my bright light. I did that. That was my fault. Sorry, Mike. Um my that, my, that. my point is is that I didn't really realize I had coached a lot of seventy point three people and a lot of folks in Olympics and stuff like that. But I guess it's just different when you know somebody's put in as much work as these guys have put in and you're like I just want everything to be perfect, and I and the other part of it is that at least for me, I'm such a control freak that I know I can't control anything, mm-hmm. and it's all up to them, and it's all up to what's happening out there. And I'm, for these three, I wasn't even able
2: to be there. Right. It was a really really weird feeling. I, I could tell you.
0: What's well, like your kids,
1: right?
2: Well, you, sort you of. you've suffered together. I mean, you, you know, I don't know like the trials and tribulations of everybody, um, but when you when you go through it, you you, you see. How much they've struggled and 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 if there's been any bumps in the road, which is you know i've had that happen myself you know i've had i've had clients d n f you yeah. know and for whatever reason there's always there's it's always been a mitigating out of out of control circumstance it's never been they just didn't have it that day but I, it it makes you it makes you sick i mean race day i when i first when my first ironman athletes i started you know i would be just on the computer like lockdown everything was I had to let it go because yeah. I was just sick to my stomach. And actually, one of the worst races, um, w- one of the worst days, I guess, was uh, I had a client due in Florida, and she she struggled a bit through training and whatnot. And it was my anniversary as well, so I'm on anniversary dinner. I think it we was JR's. on anniversary dinner with the wifey, and I'm checking my phone because this is happening it in, in real time, right? And I didn't realize the time difference and I thought my client was going to get across the line and I was just freaking out. Oh, I was freaking out because she did her own nutrition and she went on a lower level uh, coaching. So she did her own nutrition and her own race strategy and all that stuff, which was fine. That's her, that's her business. But I had no control over it, like you said. And so as I'm watching it unfold and I'm watching their splits and I'm, it makes you, I mean, because you want this for them. It's not for me. If I don't, if they DNF, you know, it is what it is. There's all kinds of stuff like that. But But when you know that this is a big goal and you know how hard they worked and you're just like, come on, just make it, you know, just make it, you know, and part of it is for me and I'm sure for you guys
0: too, there's a sort of living vicariously through them just because you've been on the path with them the whole time. You're like, yeah, I told Sam, I go, dude, I'm on your shoulder the whole way. I'm there. So just, just keep the plan, stick to the plan. You're going to do great. And you know, he is to talk about trial and tribulations. Joaquin came through and canceled that son of a bitch two weeks ago. Right. he was literally on the plane heading there when he got the notice they canceled it. So got off and rescheduled, and that was great for me because I had to learn how to repeak him or yeah. keep him tapered, which mm-hmm. was I talked a little bit about last week. But it was it's been a great season. I have like seven or eight people that are now doing Austin, so that's the thing for me. I, I'm going to actually get to go down there. And uh, you know I'm not, I don't have anything on the schedule, so right now I'm just I'm going to enjoy myself yeah. as a spectator till I get healed up. But speaking of Austin,
1: we got some stuff going on down there, don't we? Friday night we're going to be doing a live broadcast, which will be
0: recorded. Yeah, so we're you can put listen it to it much like the Tri shop one live. right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exactly like the Tri shop.
1: But we're going to have some cool stuff there. We're going to have the recovery boots. Um, talk to Red over at Recovery, and he's going to he's going to give us a couple boots and those uh, really cool space chairs that you lean back in and uh, probably some cool recovery pump swag. We here at Octane Athletics have ordered up some very cool items that uh, you will be able to wear or use at your leisure. Plus, we're probably going to have some stuff to give away as well. So. Uh, maybe some coupons, maybe some free sessions at uh, athlete-related uh, businesses.
0: And we're going to bring a ton of Gatorade swag down there for you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring chews down, some ready-to-drink drinks. I'll bring some towels, some bike bottles. So it's going to be worthwhile to come and participate in the broadcast. It'll be fun. We're going to keep it super fun. We're going to have an extra mic set up so if somebody wants to come up and riff for a while, we can do that.
1: And for the uh, for the giveaways, we're going to do it virtually, too. So all you guys out there that aren't in the DFW area or going to be in Austin, uh, you can kind of sign up, and we're going to do
0: kind of uh, like door prizes. Yeah, maybe do it in the chat window or something in the yeah. hangout. But, yeah, that'll be good. So looking really forward to Austin. I think it's going to be a good time. It's going to be an awesome
1: weekend. We're also going to be set up uh, on Saturday kind of a little bit more kind of fly by the seat of our pants. If you want to get into the recovery boots, you can talk to me, and Dave's going to have some there, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of us are staying over at the Crown Plaza in uh, Austin, so we can set up some stuff. Those boots are not only good for recovery, but they're also good to uh, get the blood flowing uh, before uh, you exercise, too. Cool. I got a shout-out for Travis Jennings. Oh, he made you your uh, profile pic, huh? Yes, because... People were talking about um, all the sponsorship. There's a little discussion going on about sponsorship with uh, Iron Man. Man. And uh, I broke in there. I had something really important to say, and that was – how did you guys make those cool profile picture <laughs> <laughs> bib, the bib numbers? Because Tabitha has it, uh, Travis has it, and he was nice enough and he made me one. Well, that's nice. And yeah. then Lawrence Arnold yeah. immediately Lawrence, messaged me and says, yes. "How do you do that?" <laughs> he, asked, he asked me yesterday.
0: Um, but yeah, those are those are pretty popular at the moment. So somebody one minute one day is just going to create a web app where people can just go pick their colors because it's really simple. It's just like race logo. Color top, color bottom, number in the middle. Should, I mean, you should be able to plug that in and build it, but thats I'm not going to be the guy that builds that, by the way, just for the record. Boom. Boom. Let's drop some knowledge. How about we do it? Randy put together some pretty good topics for today. So off-season's coming up for many of us It's here, uh, but for folks that are racing, you know, things like Austin and Florida and Arizona, it's right on the corner. About the middle part of next month, most everybody won't have anything race-related going on, but... Randy's questions for today. Center around what to do in the off season. The first topic we're going to discuss is how to keep your endurance fitness during the off season.
1: Yeah, because you work all year. Yep. And like for me, it's gonna my stuff's gonna kind of dovetail right into my uh, Ironman Texas training. But for a lot of people, that maybe are doing an Ironman an announcement. Is that an announcement? I thought we <laughs> announced <it> <laughs> Ironman Texas gonna be my first full. So for me, it's gonna be easy because obviously we're going right into that training. But for someone that's doing maybe Boulder or Maryland or or something later in the year, I know, for me, what I would do is be like, oh, off-season, yay. Yeah, I'm going to have all these great uh, aspirations to continue training and stuff like that. But I've worked so hard, and everybody else out there works so hard to build that base of fitness. Yeah, you lost 40 pounds. Well, you lost 40 pounds, yeah. yeah. But you, you work so hard, and then... You don't want to lose that, right? Right. You want to bank that up. And I just wanted to talk to the brain trust here. And how do you guys, what's kind of like a minimum amount that people would have to maintain just to kind of keep steady?
2: What if I told you there is no such thing as an off-season? I like that. Okay. So this is my philosophy, only my philosophy.
1: Because I think that changes the paradigm of what a lot of people
2: think. When you hear off-season, your idea is just... Don't off. do anything off. So there's no such thing as off season. Number one, the, way, the best way to save your, your fitness during the off season is to work on your strength training. Take out the three-hour rides and the two-hour runs and the hill repeats and go into functional strength training. That is number one best way to maintain your fitness.
1: Like when those guys on ESPN late at night pick up like the big sphere
0: rocks. Right. And we want you throwing kegs over,
2: over. You might uh, want to
0: scale that down just a hair of them. Yeah.
2: I mean, not like pony kegs, not Telephone like the full poles. kegs. Yeah. Party balls. Yes. Party balls. The, we throw party balls, over. party balls. Party balls.
1: <laughs> so we're not talking about that.
2: Though. No. So what what you want is, is you want to do something functionally strength training. So you're working in the planes that you work in. You work on your hips. You work on the, the pelvic girdles totally underutilized if you want to see my article on that it is too also on octane athletics Nice. octane dash athletics
0: we'll link to both of these boys articles
2: but yeah so strength training takes the place of a lot of the big big rides big long runs all that sort of thing the other thing is so when i put a, a tss score and i have my own version of this when i put a tss score on a weights workout one hour of weights is equal to two hours of a of a zone two bike ride or a zone or, or one hour of a or zone two run so when you when you look at those comparisons, weights three times a week, one hour a piece is equal to six hours of cycling. Does that make sense? In the stressor, not not it's not the same fitness, right. but in the stressor. But if you do your you do your workout right, where you're not over on the Nautilus machines doing leg extensions, but instead you're doing squats, mm-hmm. step ups, weighted step ups, mm-hmm. Bosu ball squats, things like that that are working on keeping your knees in alignment and, and actual strength that translates to your, right. or your racing or your training. That is how you essentially maintain your fitness throughout the off-season. The next thing is then you add technique work. So when you do, instead of doing 3,500 meters of swimming every Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Mm -hmm. you do 30 minutes of technique work Mm -hmm. and then 30 minutes of weights.
0: Can I add to that? Yeah. Lose the garment on the swims in the off-season. You should not give a shit how far you swam in the off-season. If you swim 800 yards, but it's all focused on how to become a more efficient, better swimmer from a technique perspective, that's worth so much more than just going and cranking out 3,500 yards. Mm-hmm. It's so much more beneficial. And if you do that enough in the off season, then when you do have to go spend time swimming 3,000, 4,000, get ready for a race, you're going to be faster and you're going to utilize less energy doing it. So leave the Garmin at home when you go swimming. I'm with Bruce this off season. Bruce is already registered for Boulder Full Wack next year. And we're gonna we're gonna work on Bruce's swim technique. And I literally already told him, when you come to swim, he comes to my swim on Thursday. Just leave your garment at home. I don't even want to see it because Bruce is a guy who likes to be compliant. He wants to do the workouts prescribed to him, so he very much watches. Am I like, getting all the yards in? But in the off season, it's just kind of not as important as working on the finer tuning things. Mm-hmm. To the to the other thing, Mike, I think the other good thing to do the run form again. Yeah. That's a, I need to work on my run form. Big let's, time. let's dial that in. You and I need to go to impact one day and get you on the treadmill and start playing around with your run form. Like put the stride on, take a look at where your power numbers look like when you get in certain positions look at your gait, look at your stride length, look at your ground. Use all the different data points we have that we don't use during the regular season because we don't have time to Mm -hmm. dial that stuff in. That's great off-season work. I want to put a pin in
1: stride and come back to that later. But there's one thing you mentioned about sport-specific or functional Mm -hmm. type. So leg extensions? No. Not real specific. That's an auxiliary exercise. Bench press is
2: not real specific. We want
1: multi-joint exercises right. that involve your core squats, Romanian deadlifts that hits your, mm-hmm. that hits your, your hamstrings, things like that. So if you're going to
0: do lunges, this is my thing. You guys may disagree. I disagree. If you're going to do lunges, please do reverse lunges and not forward lunges. Uh, there was a picture of folks doing lunges and five of them, their knees were four way, inches in front of their yeah. toes. I'm not a big fan of the like lunge. reverse lunges. Do very similar things as a forward lunge without putting a lot of torque on the knee. So, reverse lunges, I've replaced them, all the forward lunge stuff with reverse lunges in my workouts. Another
1: thing for squats is if, uh, you know, backs, the traditional backs barbell squat um, is great exercise, fundamental exercise in most uh, team sport activities. However, one of the easiest ways to do a perfect form squat is called a goblet squat, and mm. it involves a kettlebell. And it naturally puts that weight in a position to where your body uh, just really kind of falls into the proper form. So a uh, good way to do some squats without a uh, significant amount of weight, but yet still enough weight to give you a little bit more stress is a goblet squat.
0: I like,
2: I love kettlebells personally. I have a set of them in the garage. And- uh, so to to just touch on the lunge bit real quick, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I do forward lunges is for stretching more so than strengthening, you get that flexor, the the hip flexor okay. more. I actually do that in our, our warm up at track on yeah. the strength days. I work on that, keeping that leg further back, not pushing forward as much, but trying to get that stretch in the hip flexor. So, well, there's nothing wrong with it as long no, as people no, are no, doing and it I right. Think, and I think there's there's avenues to strength training where you can get a stretching effect as well, which is very important flexibility. So that's another part of your off season. Get some yoga in, get some Pilates, you know, that kind of thing. That's
1: a huge uh, factor in maintaining their arrow position.
0: People ask me a lot, "How can I be more powerful on the bike? Pedal harder." Um, that's what Lance Armstrong says. But strength and weight are the two best ways to do it. Right.
2: And see, during the off-season, during the off-season period where the down-season, I think another group out of Keller calls it the out-season. During that period of time, you have opportunity to, to really work on different parts of your engine that you didn't get to have the opportunity to during your build and during your peak and there, you know that type of thing. So, yeah. And understand, and this is important for everybody, speed is a function of strength. If you look at... Sprinters are not skinny. Yeah, you look at a hundred-meter sprinter. Name me one that weighs a hundred pounds and had and and has little bitty stick legs. It's a yeah strength is the key ingredient of speed. Usain Bolt looks like a wide receiver for a exactly, NFL team. Exactly, exactly. And, and, what, and what happens is it's not the ability to go fast because if you, can, you may have fast-switch muscles that can move your legs really quickly. It's ability to withhold and handle the stress, which is a strength-related function. The same thing happens on the bike. same thing happens in the swim. If you have little bitty skinny arms and you never work on your strength, then you're not going to get... Progressively faster because you have to be able to hold it, and that's like putting a that's like putting a, a milk jug in your arm, in your hand, and, and putting it straight out in front of you and holding it. Mm-hmm. You you ha- the strength is the function that keeps that thing going, and without that strength, you cannot do it. And you that's the happen. same thing happen.
0: To, to map it back to running specifically, if I run a five k, I can drive my knees really well and use my hamstrings and glutes really well. The minute I go to try to run a ten k, I can't do it. Why? I don't have the strength. I don't have the flexibility built up to drive the knee like I should for a long, the longer period of time. So I start to shuffle. So that's a, just my own personal thing. That's another reason why you spend time in the gym working on on these strength exercises.
1: Well, another thing about strength exercises, too, is you got to understand what pathway you're exercising. I mean, strength training predominantly, if it's weighted and the rep range is less than 35 to 40, is going to be a fast-twitch pathway. So most or some people that are actually drawn to the sport have a natural inclination to not have as many fast-twitch muscle fibers as, say, a football player or or whatever. So that's another way. Like for me and Dave and and Mike, we're probably predominantly fast-twitch. We're bigger guys uh, we played... no, We just
0: grew up building those muscle fibers. Yeah,
2: we grew... Well, that's that's we, true. But... I always did explosive activity. I mean, it was mm-hmm.
1: right. But that's fast twitch muscle. Right. No, but so. I mean,
2: I was trained to do explosive activity. I was never trained to.
0: We're in violent agreement. Okay. Yes. <laughs> violent.
1: Right. It was perfect. So some of the people that are drawn to maybe endurance sports or have a running background probably don't, uh, may not have a predominant fast twitch muscle fiber. There's actually a really cool test that they do in exercise fizz. It's called a Cybex-2. Everyone's probably heard of Cybex machines, but Cybex-2 is actually, it measures the force produced on the extension. It looks like a leg extension, but it's not. On extension and contraction and basically maps your force production over a rep range and how quickly your force production falls off can be related to the number of Fast twitch, medium twitch,
0: right. slow twitch. There used to be a gym in Valley Ranch, literally next door to where the Cowboys practice. You'd actually see those guys in there, and part of this gym was kind of corned off. Was their fast twitch studio that had all those machines in it, like an exercise science lab? Sort of, yeah, but it had the machines that were built specifically to measure those things. So mm-hmm. they'd do like donkey kicks over and over and over again. The the pad would be on their thigh. As well as on their foot. So mm-hmm. they have to drive forward and push back. Push back. And it yeah. would measure. It's an entire part of the gym was was
2: dedicated to that. And
0: you'd see the football guys running through there all the time.
1: This is fascinating stuff. Anyway, I'm. Um... Predominantly fast twitch.
2: Well, and, and I think that the thing that everyone has to get around is, is you're trying to make yourself more efficient mm-hmm. with whatever you got. Mm-hmm. One of the other things with your, when you talk about fast twitch, slow twitch, I did something for the first time. I, I did a research on it and I went and ran yesterday. It wasn't for the first time, but the first time in a while. <laughs> I went and did a, a 50 minute jog, mm-hmm. a zone two jog. And then at the end, I did six reps of 10 seconds of strides. And one of the things you think about is when you run on those long endurance days, or an endurance-type run, you kind of have this really compact, tight run. Mm -hmm. And then when you get done, you're all kind of you know scrunched in. Well, the first two strides were like, holy hell, this is awful. Then my hips opened up. Set you free. And and I felt great. I mean, I felt like I hadn't run. I felt really good. And it's just those little things we don't think about, but it goes back to your points. You use these muscles, and then it just kind of gets them used to whatever you're doing. And so you have to have that speed every now and again. You have to do things to remind yourself how to do those things, well, you know.
1: And the incredible thing about this sport is we we get to utilize all three different types. Even though we're we're not predominantly fast twitch on our runs, if you look at like a triathlete versus a marathoner, usually we're a lot more heavily muscled because we're using a lot more fast twitch on the swim, on the bike, up hills, and you know at the end of runs or up up up. Uh, Running up a hill. Well, so. but you
2: got to look at a marathoner. You the less weight you carry, the faster you're going to go. That's so true. They, That's they true for
0: us on the bike too. They
2: don't. They don't want.
0: They don't want that extra, extra bulk. extra, so extra mass. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So they just try to get it as efficient as possible and run. You know, five five minute five minute miles for the course of twenty six point two, which is.
0: So I want to add something to this because yeah, how many long runs should we have on our on our non off season? I don't know what long run means. I think it depends on the the athlete. But uh, I'm let's saying, say you're
1: seventy point three fit.
0: I think you want to have some two or three mile runs during the week, Mm -hmm. which you can do in concert with your strength, by the way. It's a great way to warm up. And I think on the weekends, you should have a 45-minute to an hour-long endurance kind of a... probably noticed this, but I've become more of a what Mike just said, if you notice... I like the zone two with strides, mm-hmm. so I have folks do a zone two workout, and then every certain amount of minutes, I have them do thirty seconds of strides. That I think is a great off season run to mm-hmm. go do because it adds a little bit of tempo to it without jacking it up into the engine and system. So
1: you gave me a workout last week, or was it last week? Uh, anyway, it was. I looked at my data, and it was fascinating to me because it wasn't a. It was. It was a strength run. And basically, uh, after my warm-up, it was one minute at 85% and then uh, two minutes of recovery kind of at 70% or whatever. And when I looked at my heart rate, my, my times were significantly faster. My RPE on my recovery was significantly lower. I felt like I wasn't doing as much work even though I was going faster. And overall, my RPE seemed lower for the pace that I was running and, and my heart, my heart rate didn't uh, get as high as it usually would if I ran steady state for a long period of time. And I was wondering, so basically I was doing kind of like a, I don't know, you could call it zone three or even a, maybe a slight zone four uh, for one minute. And then the last two or two minute recovery, I was doing, you know, more of a zone two type of a pace, mm-hmm. but it was the best run I've ever had. And what I noticed was I wasn't getting overly tired as is if I was staying in zone four, uh, but I was running much faster on my recovery runs than when I usually would in a zone two.
0: Are you talking about... It was last Friday, I think. That was a brick. Right. Or was it wasn't. I it was don't know which one you're talking about. The run and strength combo, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So, so part of that is the recovery interval on there was also included getting off the treadmill, doing 20 push-ups, 20 bodyweight squats. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I think the test, the better test is the benchmark test that mm-hmm. you've already done. But what you're feeling, I think more more than anything, is your, your mind is still, you've lost 40 pounds in a, for a fairly short period of time, four months, if you think about it. So your mind's calibrated for what it used to feel like to run. Mm-hmm. And now you're so much lighter that you're able to run faster at a lower heart rate. And that's just this your physiology. This is a f-
1: function of physics.
0: Yeah, you're just lighter. And your bike is the same way. If you look at your bike numbers, they're the same way. You're, by- you're faster on the bike now than you were before because you're more powerful. Your watts per kilogram are a lot higher because you weigh a lot less. Mm-hmm. So that's probably more of it.
1: Well, even my trainer right this. So, we, so you guys have had athletes for a long time. Do you see like violent fitness fitness increases in a short amount of
2: time? Depending on where you start, yeah, yeah. Because I if feel you, it, if you start really low on your fitness, so your general fitness, and then you're you're going to ramp up. This is where actually a lot of guys get into trouble is because they start out. You know, well, Victoria is a great example. I think two years ago. Three years ago, she couldn't run a mile. No, she... uh, now, then, then her first marathon, she qualifies for Boston. Her second half Ironman, she's in seventh place. And her mm-hmm. next half Ironman, she's going to probably be contending to win, and she'll definitely be on the podium. It's it's So her jump from I can't do a mile to Boston was pretty dramatic, if you think about it in a year and a half, two years. But then after that, the, the gains are going to be much smaller. Well,
0: the gains are going to be harder to come by because there's not as much of a
2: of a gap there, the forty-five pounds you just lost in six months, big. But and the next twenty, they're going to take the rest. I mean, it's going to take a year.
1: So, but my point is, is my gains have been pretty slow up to like the last month, and I just feel like the last month I've, it's just been unbelievable as far as my bike, as far as my runs, and I, I know that can't be all due to weight.
2: Well, no, part of that is because of the way you've been. That you you've been you've been on a, a base for probably four months, five months, and then and then now he's putting you in the build, so you're now getting stronger and faster. You've been before you've been working on the efficiency. Now you're taking advantage of the ability to handle that efficiency. Well,
0: I want to be on the build all the time. Well, you maintain your fitness like we're talking about. Great, yeah. great way to get us back on topic, by the way. <laughs> maintain your fitness, and you can do that. Street training, bud. Yeah. Get the oh, gym. I'm
1: going to get it. Oh, so, are, you, are you,
0: sir? So if you guys, for those of you who aren't coached, and if you want to have that discussion, the three of us are all open to, to having that with you. But if you're not coached, the offseason should look like strength. A lot off season should look like technique work, specifically on the swim and the and the run. Bike is a little there's a lot of technique to bike, but for most of us, you really have to have a set of eyes on you to watch and see what you're doing. And then you don't want to stray too far away from the work that got you there. So you want to be doing the right amount of running and biking incorporated in that. So what I'd say is maintain do a couple three miles twice a week during the week and for the run do a four or five miler on the weekends. And then for the bike, maybe an interval or hill set during the run and go ride a group ride on the weekends if
2: you can. I think you guys would agree with that, right? I think on, on my end, I would say do a minimum of 30 minutes of something a day. Mm-hmm. On the weekends, if you want to do a long ride with your friends, put your garment away, go for a long ride, have some fun. Strength train, strength train at least three times a week. Mm-hmm. Probably swim at least twice a week, it, depending on what your weaknesses are. Are
1: those I, strength training full body workouts every time? No. Okay, would, so there's gonna would, be a split. I would probably do legs,
2: upper body, core, and legs. I would probably split them up. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I do with my clients. And then, you know, I've got one client that his legs are he can't use his legs. He's Lieutenant Dan right now, but uh, so he's doing almost all upper body. But that, yeah, in general, I would I would do more legs, but I would switch them up. It wouldn't be, you know. Try to do – these are my bike-specific workouts. These are my run-specific workouts. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I do it. And you can always – core can be on every single weights workout Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Just kind of change how you do it. I
0: break up – Randy, you've seen this. I break up the strength work with core exercises in between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so that you get core. I call, Literally, I call them integrated strength sets. Mm-hmm. So you'll have squat, plank, a side lunge, crunch. You've seen those workouts. So that's how I do it. I just trickle them in. I kind of integrate them in with the strength work that I'm doing. Mr. Messman, you wanted us to discuss how to build FTP during the off season. Yes. Threshold and VO2 max interval discussion, that kind of thing. So let me, Mike, I want you to chime in here because I have my own little okay. theory about VO2. People love to go get this test done.
1: When I, I say VO2 Max, I'm talking about like, you know, high end zone not, five sprints, it's not whatever. A we know what you're okay. talking about. We're trying to help you out. Yeah, I know what you okay. mean. Someone smells great, by the way.
2: It's me. Did you my get that? got his old son. Yeah, I got my Brute. <laughs> brute. are where, where my Stetson. Anyways, is it, go is ahead. It by
0: Faberge. <laughs> Faberge. Are you wearing your Caberichis? Wish I was. Dude, I had a pair of Z Caberichis. Of course no, you did. No Everybody kidding. did.
1: Had 80 belt loops. They Why? had belt loops. Why do you need so many belt loops? Way around. Because in 1994, that was in
0: Threshold and VO2 Max. Let's. So we're going to talk about FTP, but let's talk about these two measures for a minute. The big thing for me in terms of VO2 max is can you change your VO2 max? Yes. But the thing about VO2 max that I don't like is so much of it is dependent upon your genetics and something you really can't change that much. So you're not going to see a marketable difference in your VO2 max over time where If you do threshold testing, you will see large differences based upon the training you're doing. And I'm not just saying this because I do threshold testing because I'm not opposed to VO2 max. I just happen to feel like it's a better measurement of of your current fitness than a VO2 max is. I also happen to think it puts the athlete in a better mindset if they see a difference in the lactate threshold versus their VO2 max difference because that is based on their physiology. 100%, not as much genetics.
2: Well, this is – so look – Everybody in podcast world, VO2 max doesn't matter. I said it. It does not matter. I know people that have a 75, 80 VO2 max that is on par with Lance Armstrong that can't run a mile. Okay? So VO2 max has nothing to do with anything. You look at your mom, you look at your dad, and you go, hey, thanks for my VO2 max. You can lose weight to increase your VO2 max. Randy, congratulations. Your VO2 max has probably gone up 0.2%. Over the last 45 pounds. Holla. <laughs> and that's a point, guys. Don't worry about the O2 Max. Now, to Dave's point, when you look at threshold work, the thing that's cool about threshold work is you see the fruits of your labor. If you were trying to get faster for sprints and Olympics, you're going to see your threshold move. When you're trying to do endurance work, you're going to see your threshold move. That's what, to, to Dave's point, what your heart rate is doing at X is at X level is what shows your fitness. How you recover from that is also shows your fitness, how you flush out uh, lactate. When you do endurance training, your threshold is going to drop. Why? Because you're a more efficient machine. So you you're, you don't get your heart rate up very high. It takes you a while to get up there. Same thing happens on the other end. If you do lots of sprint work, guess what? You're going to push that threshold number up. But that's that's what it amounts to, guys. And that's why those threshold numbers, those benchmark tests, those FTP tests you take, That's what you should – you should always do FTP tests. You should do one every six weeks to every eight weeks. Absolutely. agree. And just to see what it looks like. And if it really moves a lot, then you call Dave and say, hey, I need to do a lactate threshold test to get a more accurate number where I'm at. But I think everybody that's so focused, focused on what's the easiest way to do it. Well, I'm going to do this really hard VO2 max test that shows me absolutely F all that has nothing to do with anything other than this is my VO2 max. Mm-hmm. When you look at these other things, you have you have something that actually has merit. And by the way, you can get a, a, a formula off the internet that tells you what your zones may or may not be. The only way to really get your zones is you're going to have to do an FTP test or a The Lactate Threshold Test.
1: Really, you should do both to
2: verify. Absolutely. And, but that's the only way to really get a true number because everyone's got different heartbeats. And it doesn't matter if you're 40 or 106. We all have different heartbeats. I was sitting on the couch yesterday talking to my wife and I was about to go for my run. My heart rate is, in rest, is 51. 51. Hmm. I'm not even fit.
0: Boy, she's a great yeah. wife. She doesn't yeah. jack your heart
1: rate up. Dude, My heart rate would have been like 170. <laughs>
2: but but she's a, she's, she's <laughs> at 88, 89 just sitting there on the couch. So, I mean, we, we're all different, but we're not that far apart in age. So if you did your calculations based on these... The, the variance is 35, 40 beats, right? You have a
1: good stroke volume.
2: I have a very strong stroke <laughs> okay. volume. Um,
0: yeah, okay. One, one quick just question. Just because I can only imagine the masturbation joke that was about to come out of one of their one of their Wow, mouths. sir. I can't. Sir, I, so, am, I am embarrassed and afraid. A, I apologize to everyone in broadcast. All that means is they, resem, they resemble that remark. So, so let's, I am let's talk about how to build FTP. So the first step to building FTP is knowing what your FTP is. Boom. Okay, so... <laughs> Let me tell you how to get that number. You can do this on the trainer. Field test. Yes, I'm going to give you a field test to do. You can do this on the trainer. And by the
1: way, they suck.
0: Yes, they're not fun. But we like hard stuff. That's why we do this. So. <laughs>
2: that's what she said. Oh, here you
0: go. Here's how you get your FTP. You are going to get on the trainer, preferably a compu trainer of some type, or have a bike with a power meter. And you are going to ride for about. 20 minutes and that ride for the 20 minutes the first 20 minutes is all going to be easy it's a very long warm-up matter of fact some people like for you to go 30 minutes warm-up 20 to 30 minute warm-up after that you're going to ride as hard as you can for 30 minutes
2: what you can hold for 30 minutes not go out at full speed 500 watts right because you're not going to hold that for 30 minutes yeah so you want to
0: to be at literally as your maximum sustained effort for 30 minutes. At the end of that 30 minutes, you're going to do a long cool down, 20 minutes, just kind of shutting the the body down gradually over that period of time. So do not skip the cool down. It's, It's super important to make the next day or two even trainable for you because you're if you do the thir- the middle 30 minutes correctly, you're going to be in no shape. Yeah, if you got a Garmin too,
1: hit, to, hit the lap after the warm-up and then hit the lap before your cool-down.
0: Yes, that's a good idea because then you can mark it and then you don't have to like search in the Garmin. So then when you get that data into Garmin or Polar or whatever tool you use, Training Peaks, what you're going to do is you're going to take that max interval, that, th- that 30 minutes in the middle that you went hard, 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 and you're going to... Put your cursor over the last 20 minutes of that interval, okay? Once you do that, you should get some numbers that show you what your average power and average heart rate are over the over that 20-minute period. So let me repeat that. You're going to look at the final 20 minutes of the middle 30-minute max interval, and you're going to take the average power and average heart rate from that period of time. That power number is your FTP. That that heart rate number is your threshold heart rate. From that, you can use fancy equations on the interweb to determine what your zones are. Cog and Friel. Yes. Or you can message one of us and we can very simply help you and within two minutes tell you what those zones would look like. Because we can pretty much do it by looking at it. But... But you will have that FTP number right then and there. That is your benchmark. That is your foundation number that you're going to use in the offseason to figure out if you've kind of gotten stronger. You will repeat that same test every six or so weeks. If you do that, then you'll know what your increase in FTP and increase in in threshold is. Between that, so a question that Randy had here is how to build FTP in the offseason. A lot of that we've already discussed. Strength training is huge. Spend time on your lower body strength, especially. Spend time on flexibility. The other way to help FTP is... Ride right above your FTP? Spend time with doing intervals. Correct, Randy. I agree with you. So a good workout that I've had Randy do before are you know four-minute, one-minute intervals, where you're four minutes above that FTP number. So you're riding hard for four minutes, and then you're recovering for a minute.
1: So... Here's another question I have. So recently, so a sustained four, zone four or sustained basically above, slightly above threshold, like for 12 minutes is marketably worse for me than doing six intervals of two minutes at thresh, a little bit below, above threshold and then recovering. So obviously I know that you're not allowing your body to flush out but it's been very interesting to me to see how fresh I feel after I do two minutes of even let's say my FTP is 210. If I do two minutes at 225 or two, even 240, and then I do two minutes or three minutes at you know 150, 160, I feel great.
2: And well, I've that's had- your recovery. Your efficiency yeah. and recovery is is the difference.
1: So, what's the benefit of doing prolonged
0: above threshold work, like? 15-minute intervals, for right, example. Right, yeah. That's, in yeah. my
2: opinion... Because they both improve your FTP, correct? Yes, but in my opinion, that's more of a psychological workout. Okay. Because... Pain. You're getting used to pain. If if, you're, if your goal is to qualify for Kona, you're going to have to figure out... There's going to be times when you're going to have to chase someone at 15, 20 minutes to pass them.
1: You know what Ironman University calls that? peak sensation.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's how, But that's how you sharpen the saw, because this is one of the things I tell people all the time. You're, you're going to go really hard, and this is going to hurt. You get to decide if it feels good or not, because if it hurts and you just shut it down, then you are what you are. But when you get there and you realize you didn't die and it still hurt, you can start pushing yourself. I had that with Novia. I, she was always afraid to kind of go into that pain cave, and that was her goal for the year. And you know what? She did. She learned how to deal with it. And now... It still hurts, and by the way, when you get better and faster and stronger, it still hurts. You just have a b- ability to
0: handle it. Well, you're always dancing that line, man. Well, you're if, always... you, if
2: you're if you're racing, racing, if you're yeah. just trying to finish something, yeah, maybe not. But well, if, if you're racing,
0: it's, yeah, if it's you versus you, though, even I would argue, if it's you versus you. So let's say I go out. And I want to go do Oceanside again, which I don't want to do this year, for the record. Cause I'm glad
1: because we almost
0: bought that for you for your I know, birthday. I know. And Stephanie still thinks I want to go race. I shouldn't use that as an example because let's use Buffalo Springs because this is something I may do. I am want to do Buffalo Springs next year, too. Shut your mouth. No. It's Come on, customer. now, Let's go to Lubbock. We may do it. Anyway, let's say I want to go to Buffalo Springs, and I want to beat last year's or two years ago's time. Last year was a terrible year. But I'm going to have to go to places personally that I don't want to go that I don't know how to do, go because that place chewed me up and spit me out just to try to do what I did there two years ago, and which wasn't even that great. So that's what Mike's talking about, those sustained 12- and 15-minute hard intervals. If you look at uh, last week or the week leading up to Kona, if uh, if you looked at the pros training, like the stuff they were posting on Instagram and stuff, they were, uh, and they were in that pain cave the whole week, the week of the race. They're taking pictures of them just, you know, POTS was just like, falling off the bike. So that's what they're doing here. I do have a point that I need to make on this. Your FTP. So if you're working on this diligently over the, over the, over the, the, uh, what do you call it? The out season,
2: Mike? I like that actually. That's actually another group. I just say there's no such thing as off season. Yeah. So if,
0: if you're working on this pretty diligently and you really want to get your power number up on the bike, and I have several athletes that want to do this, um, and you go do that test that we just talked about a second ago and you notice your 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 ftp goes down and not up do not freak out because there's a chance like for example if you're doing if you're working on your ftp and you're really working your ass off at it but you're also losing
2: weight and you're losing endurance by the way and, and, right you can't handle it cuz your ftp you're you're pushing your body but you're trying to maintain this thing and if you don't have the endurance to maintain it then you can't do that for 20 minutes. So, right. you're, so
0: there's, there's training. a couple of points here that need I need to make a point of because Mike just brings something really good up. You can't just go hard, hard, hard all the time, okay? You still need to do your kind of base aerobic bike work while you're working on an FTP or you won't be able to hold that power number a long time. So you could be stronger. You just aren't strong for a longer period. You become right. a sprinter and not a miler. Right. Right? Right. Um, but back to my original reason I brought this up, if that FTP number goes down, I don't want you to freak out because you might have lost 15 pounds along the way. Yeah. So the best number to look at is your watts per kilogram because that's your true measure of how powerful you are. For example, my FTP was 270 at one point. Damn. That's, big, that's a big number, but I'm a heavy guy. Like, it takes that power for me to ride the bike at 17, 18 miles an hour. I'm, not, I'm average speed-wise. It just takes that much more power. So you have to watch that. It's, it's definitely, you have to have that context. And so I would tell you, get your FTP number, know what that is, but then do the simple math and say, okay, what's my watts per kilogram? That's the best thing to look out for, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean, that's what I do with, with, with athletes that are trying to, like now I have an athlete that's really shooting for Kona. So, okay, we got to get your watts per, per kilogram up. That's, that's all we care about. I don't care what your FTP is other than how it is re- in relation to how big you are. Yeah. Very simple. Hey, I want to throw
1: something in here too when we're talking about uh, sustained strength and, and performance. I uh, started to adhere to my nutrition principle that, mm-hmm. that Dave talked to me. And I, I literally texted him. So I did everything exactly how I was supposed to do. And I literally felt like I was on performance enhancing drugs because (laughs) throughout my weight loss journey, I have done a significant amount of workouts fasted. Um, So getting closer to race day, obviously I want to dial in my nutrition and I felt, I I felt flipping fantastic.
0: Yeah. It was good to get that text from you because it actually, it meant a couple things. Number one, we were figuring it out because Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, anytime a coach, you learn this by the way, just coaching people, you look. The closer you get to race day, the you look at and you sort to log, what are my athletes' risk factors for their work, for their day? Mm-hmm. Yours was nutrition. nutrition. When you came to me that Monday, that's why I said we're meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because when you came to me and said, here's a spreadsheet, and you didn't have it figured out and dialed in, I was like, oh, fuck, man. He's in great shape, and we don't really have this nutrition thing. Mm-hmm. So when you texted me that, I'm like, this is good because now he feels the difference. Like he feels that he can go and go and go. Mm-hmm. And the protocol itself, you've got it lined out, so you know what to do and when. It's super important because that dude. I'm tell. I didn't tell you this, but I was like, now we're at risk. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't at fitness last year. We were at fitness risk. <laughs> Like last year, there, enough a, there wasn't enough nutrition on the planet to, to for you to do what you're going to be able to do oh, this year. I had year. plenty of nutrition last year. Yeah, right, including Salt Lake before the race. but
1: <laughs> Which I don't uh, – Yeah, don't. We'll,
0: we'll do that after. <laughs> yeah. So that's good, Randy. I'm glad, and hopefully you guys listened to the last episode where we talked a lot about that because it is really important, and I'll repeat – if you do the training, the, the risk factor you have for your race is the nutrition piece. So get it locked down. It's, it really is a really important part of the, the overall deal. It's, it's a kind of the fourth discipline, if you will. All right, well, we're going to wrap for this week. But uh, before we do, one more announcement. Go ahead. It's official. What is? I'm an Ironman certified coach. You are. Randy Messman f- passed and got his notation of certification from certification. Ironman.
1: So I got to redo my bio. Yeah,
0: it's going to be good, man. Officially, we got three coaches on this thing. So you guys uh, need advice and guidance. You've got three folks right here that I think you guys have learned online if you've interacted with us that we're pretty quick to help out. And so. So keep shooting things our way. And if you're uh, in the market for a coach, I think you would be smart to consider any of us. I think we all have our strengths. And um, the best thing is, is we all work together, the three of us, very, very closely, as you might imagine. And so there are questions you sort of get the power of three just by working with one so yeah
1: i go to dave (laughs) pretty much all the time with questions
0: it's good though i love i love this stuff so and being i can't really race and train that right now hard at least it's uh it's good to stay in it all right so guys thanks for listening to us we really appreciate it head out to the itunes page leave us a review it helps us. It helps you. The more exposure we get, the better. The better program we can put together for you. The better the the guests we can have when we need to have them. The more we can work out deals for gear and and nutrition and stuff like that from from the product company. So we need to get that get that community built up and sort of notated online so that people can see that folks are listening. You can catch us on Octane-athletics.com. You can also get to us on Twitter uh, at OctaneUSA, Instagram, Octane Athletics, Facebook. We have the Octane Athletics Facebook page, but the place you can find us and interact with us very easily is the Fuel Your Fire Running and Triathlon group great thing about that is everybody gets to see it. Yep. Everybody sees it. We pretty much use it as a forum. There's always lots of questions out there. We try our our hardest to answer everything people put out there. And if you have feedback for us, please let us know what that is um, because we want the show to just get better and have more people listening. So those are our asks. Um, Head out to the the Facebook page and and give us a like. Tell your friends. And uh, we will... Be at you later this week with some with a couple new articles and again next week with uh, with another podcast.
1: It's getting cold outside, so next week we're gonna start
0: talking about some cool stuff to keep you training in the winter. Exactly. That's good good teaser. All right. We will holler at you guys very soon. Thanks for listening.
1: Well, I've got a funny anecdote. Home depot. And I'm looking at there's two ladies that Sorry, work for home, about anyways, home Depot. <laughs> My first thought was, can you give me some advice about, and I want to say C-A-U-L-K, caulk. Right. I rethought that and say, can you give me some advice about shower
0: sealant? Silicone sealant, please. I think you're way too worried about the word caulk. Those women are used to it if they work at Home Depot. Oh. Well... And that's not a cock joke by the way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I said it <laughs> Cock And I'm not editing it either You went there so I just put the punctuation on I thought it was a
1: funny anecdote